Slick Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Good morning. You made it. You have survived the week. It is Friday. Praise be to God. Give God some glory. Hopefully and uh, prayerfully, your weekend will be blessed and restful. Weather will be amazing. I'm not sure what's on your radar this weekend, but today we have a, a really great show lined up for you today. A lot of stories in the headline news. I mean, absolutely insane headline this morning. Scientists create early embryos that are part human and part monkey. Absolutely insane. Scientists plan to drop the 14-day embryo rule. Why? Because after 14 days, embryos in Petri dishes start to grow uh, arms and legs. And they're going to drop that. That's absolutely insane. Uh, Uyghur gynecologist says China sterilized 80 people a day for years. That is absolutely insane. There's so many insane stories, a lot to get into in our What's Concerning Us section. But we also have Dana Chang, senior editor of Epic Times, back on the program. Because the real question is, are we going to end up in war in the South China Sea? Uh, There is so much tension right now around Taiwan. So much tension. Record number of Chinese warfighter planes have entered the Taiwanese airspace. There are naval ships lining up, posturing. There's rockets being fired off the coast. There is so much posturing. It seems like a tipping point is coming. And Danny Chang, senior editor of the Epic Times, is going to be our guest today in this hour to kind of give us the goods. What is really going on here? What can we expect all of that coming up in this hour, plus breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a lot more. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. I wish we had more good news today, maybe in the second hour. <laughs> well, the good news uh, the segment does come in the second hour. It is a little to scarce God. today, though. Is it really? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, there was a lot of like very negative mass shootings uh, in I- Indianapolis, eight people dead. I mean, that's horrible. Absolutely horrible. So there's a lot of very uh, sort of dreary news. We'll have to We'll scour something up to inspire you in the second hour for sure, though. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Uh, hopefully we'll have some better news in the uh, later on in the show. But, uh, you know, what? we always have good news is the gospel and the saints, uh, saint of the day. Yeah. Praise be to God. Always good news. Always good news somewhere. All right. So there's a lot to get into today. We're very excited you're part of the program. Don't forget, in the second hour... I know you, you might not be able to join us, but if you could, we're going to give out the prize today. Our sponsor for our Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show, which always happens in our second hour, for those that are able to join us anyway, uh, is uh, studiosen.com. That's S-E-N-N, studiosen.com, a Catholic uh, wife and mother who created this incredibly beautiful Our Lady of Guadalupe canvas banner they're giving away today. So the last three chances to get in on that studiosend.com gift is going to be today in the second hour. We will pull out a winner from the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. We're very much looking forward to that. All right. So we've got a bunch to get into. Let's be praying for you, for your intentions, for whatever's on your heart. Of course, we are praying for peace in our world. We're praying for a lifting of the diabolical confusion that seems to to uh, really inflict humanity right now. 
We're praying for our apostolates, our radio apostolates, the, the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network, and for all of you and for our own intentions here on the Catholic Drive Time team. So let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The Diocese of Charleston filed a suit against South Carolina on Wednesday challenging the state's Blaine Amendment, which prohibits public funds from going to private schools. The state Supreme Court has blocked the governor's efforts to provide COVID relief funding to private schools and the parents of private school students, citing the state's Blaine Amendment. Bishop of Charleston v. Adams was filed on April 14th in a U.S. District Court. South Carolina Independent Colleges and Universities, a nonprofit organization that includes five historically black colleges and universities, is a co-plaintiff in the case. A statement from the plaintiffs argued that South Carolina added the provision to its 1895 constitution in order to suppress the education of newly freed slaves and to enable discrimination against Catholic immigrants. In their lawsuit, they called the amendment born of bigotry and prejudice based on race and religion. Despite winning a major Vatican victory, a Detroit priest will soon be facing disciplinary proceedings from his archbishop. According to a statement issued by the Archdiocese on Tuesday, Rome's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith has decided not to proceed in the abuse investigation of Father Edward Perone after determining there was no substance to the allegations. Chris Columjack, a civil attorney for Father Perone, said, In canon law, that's not just a victory. That's a grand slam home run. It means Rome, the CDF, denied, refused the Archdiocese of Detroit the permission to prosecute Father Perone. In spite of Father Perone's vindication in Rome, the Archdiocese said it would launch a canonical trial against him. It remains unclear what particular actions the statement is referring to, nor what type of disciplinary measures the Archdiocese is pursuing. The statement makes clear that Father Perone remains restricted from public ministry and from presenting himself as a priest. On Sunday morning, police received a notification that about 20 people had gathered on a public plaza and La Pavara Espoo in Finland, just west, west of Helsinki. Police found the gathering of Lakitori Square to be a religious public event and suspended it for violating restrictions on public gatherings. Police had not been notified of the event in advance. After some time, police noted that public speaking was continuing and that people were still gathering at the, at the site. The square is adjacent to the Galleria shopping center across the road from the Salo Mall. Police once again ordered the group to disperse and detain two pastors on suspicion of refusing to comply with police orders. The street worship service was organized by the Espoo Home Church, which is part of the Finnish Baptist Church. A day earlier, 20 people were also detained in Helsinki for anti-restrictions protests that violated the rules of public gatherings. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Saint Drogo, pray for us. 
St. Drogo was born in about 1105 to a Flemish nobility family. His mother, though, died giving birth to him, a fact that emotionally crushed him later in life when he learned it at about age 10. He imagined imagined himself responsible for her death. He practiced extreme penances, possibly to expiate this guilt, but he was orphaned in his teens. At 18, he disposed of all of his property and became a penitential pilgrim, making nine trips to Rome. He then became a shepherd for about six years in France and was revered for his holiness. In fact, there were rumors that he would often bilocate. Some witnesses said they saw him at Mass and at the same time out in the fields working. He was stricken with an unsightly bodily affliction, I don't know what, but something during a pilgrimage, and then he became a hermit for 40 years, surviving only on just water and the Holy Eucharist. Some say he is the patron saint of ugly people, and I'm not mentioning names, Adrian Fonseca, but uh, Saint Drogo died in 1186 in France. Saint Drogo, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs that he was performing on the sick. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near when Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him. He said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he knew he because he himself knew what was what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them though, to them those that were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them, and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they had could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Wow. Easy for me to say, huh? Like, good grief. <laughs> like, could I have stumbled even more through that Gospel passage? I'm not so sure. Thank you, Lord, for the humilities you sent to me on Fridays after I prayed the litany of humility. Uh, he's always so gracious to answer the prayer. Praise be to God. You know, this is, uh, besides the resurrection, according to the Catholic Ignatius Study Bible here that I'm reading, again, Scott Hahn, Curtis Mitch commentary, uh, this is the only miracle besides the resurrection that appears in all four Gospels. That's kind of cool. And of course, 
we see the themes here, right? The, the miracle of the multiplication of loaves and fishes, which brings us back to the people in the wilderness where Moses was, you know, dealing with the grumbling, complaining, whining, and crying of the people, and the Lord gave them the miracle of, of bread come down from heaven and meat falling from the sky and the quails, right? So there's a hint towards that. But in John's gospel, there are two signs or two miracles that take place with food. One is with the wine, that's back in chapter 2, and here is with the love. So there's a lot of Eucharistic tones going on here. Of course, John chapter 6 starts out with the miracle of loaves and fishes, but do you know how it ends up? It ends up with, unless you eat the flesh of Christ, you will have no life within you. So uh, this is a powerful chapter. This is the one chapter that most of us really go to, to sort of emphasize the Eucharistic theology uh, in the early church. And you can see it very plainly on these pages. Now, this is a miracle that is greater than that of Elijah. Now, some people don't know, but Elijah the prophet back in 2 Kings chapter 4 also multiplied loaves. He had 20 loaves that he multiplied, and he fed a lot less people. So Jesus is doing something even greater than that. And if you go back through the Old Testament, you'll find there are tons of references uh, that sort of point towards not only Christ and the Holy Eucharist, but also even towards this uh, sort of this gathering of the people and feeding of the people. I mean, Noah feeds his own people in a sort of a ceremonial uh, meal after he disembarks from the ark. Abraham, of course, uh, is uh, with Melchizedek and bread and wine are brought out in the sacrifice. Uh, Moses himself, before the Exodus, goes through the Seder meal that uh, is remembered every year in the Passover. Of course, Joshua, after crossing the Holy Land on dry, in, uh, the, rather the river on dry ground, entering the Holy Land, uh, conducts a, a ceremonial Seder meal there. And David does the same thing when he is anointed king over Israel. When Israel comes to him and those covenant words are said, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Yeah, that was said for David too, not just Adam back in Genesis. So we see tons of references in the Old Testament of these point, this pointing, this referencing, this foreshadowing, this clue of things to come in the Holy Eucharist. And our Lord is bringing it about here here in John's Gospel, setting the stage, bringing his people in, and having a ceremonial, liturgical meal with them in some ways, pointing towards the Holy Mass, the sacrifice, the body, blood, soul, and divinity that would be given to the people of the church, the people of the assembly. That is you, and that is me. This is what St. Bede's uh, intention is when he's talking about how this passage points to the Old Testament being brought into its fulfillment in the New through Jesus Christ, refreshing the multitudes, giving the scriptures deeper meanings. All right, don't go anywhere on the other side of this break. We're going to have a What's Concerning Us section. Lots to talk about in the news. We'll be right back. Catholic Drive Time headed your way. Atheists have often viewed belief in God as wishful thinking, a projection of an idea because man fears death. But is this a fair claim? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, not everyone accepts God's existence for this reason. There are many who acknowledge His existence on the grounds of reasonable arguments. Second, even if someone does believe in God for this reason, it says nothing whether or not the proposition, God exists, is true. And finally, third, the theist could turn the table and say atheists reject God simply because they're scared of a divine rule maker and don't want to submit. 
Obviously, this is not evidence that can be used in support of theism. So, is atheism justified because belief in God is wishful thinking? Absolutely not. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It is great to be on with you today. It's Friday. You should be happy. Unfortunately, there's a lot of terrible news to comment on. Plus, coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Dana Chang. She is the senior editor of the Epic Times. Uh, I think one of the founders, actually. And she's going to be our guest again on our program. She was on, I don't know, a long time ago now. At least that's how, how it feels. And uh, she's going to share with us, not only did uh, the, the Epic Times printing press get attacked by four thugs wielding sledgehammers in uh, Hong Kong just this past week, but also, uh, what is going on in the South China Sea? Are we going to go to war? It really feels that way. And it feels like it could be a world war at that we're going to get Dana Cheng's opinion on that coming up in about 20 minutes. But in this section, what's concerning us, there are a lot of stories that are concerning us. The Vatican Secretary of State implicated in financial scandal around London investment property. The Vatican Secretary of State, that's kind of a high-ranking person, pretty high-ranking, I'm, I'm going to say. So that's obviously a what's concerning us section. And then uh, more, you know, the, the news about how many people that uh, China was sterilizing per day. Uh, this is a Breitbart story, very concerning. But I tell you what blows my mind. There's these two science stories. One of them is, this is NPR.org. NPR, okay? We're not talking, you know, Breitbart. We're not talking the Epic Times or LifeSite News. NPR.org says this. Scientists create early embryos that are part human and part monkey. Did you catch that? Scientists create early embryos that are part human and part monkey. Now, I want to say, um, what, what's the guy from InfoWars? What's his name? Alex uh, Jones. I think Alex Jones was reporting on this. And everybody says he's crazy. Put the tinfoil hat on. But this is NPR.org. We'll link to it so you can read it for yourself. It's absolutely insane. It says, quote, for the first time, scientists have created embryos that are a mix of human and monkey cells. The embryos described Thursday in the journal Cell uh, are created in part to try to find new ways to produce organs for people who need transplants, said the international team of scientists who collaborated in the work. But the research raises a variety of concerns. You think? I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Yeah, the, the problem here is a error in the very foundational moral philosophy that these people have. They see life as just material, and they see life as, you know, I just, I just need to live as long as possible. There's nothing else beyond this life, and that's it. And because of that, they have that, that mindset, then human life is it's just a tool. 
It's not actually worth anything. And so if I can live longer and I can help other people live longer that I can see, then, well, yeah, then we need to, we can do what we want with embryos, with human embryos. Mm. Uh, that it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the human person and to, implant them to create this abomination of a man uh with animal like mixed together the, the philosophical implications are even are impossible to dive into like what what does it have a human soul if it has a if it's a human embryo mixed with a monkey what, what is it we don't know dr island the island of dr moreau was a film that came out uh, many, many years ago that explored this same theme. But I, I want to say this is definitely not new. Scientists in various parts of the world have been trying to do this type of experimentation for a while. But, you know, this could potentially become a great uh, uh, money uh, flow for some scientists because they could create the organs they want in order to sell them and have instead of doing the organ harvesting concept out of the Uyghur concentration camps, what's going on right now, they could create their own supply chain by doing this. But as you mentioned, in the process, they become Frankenstein. In the process, they are messing with the dignity of the human person. And this is incredibly dangerous and very concerning. Um, so I encourage you to read this article and read it for yourself and get the whole... L disgusting lowdown on this. Again, we link to it over on Facebook.com during the uh, the live video feed there. I think it's posted in all places in, on Facebook. Is that the case? or I'm sorry? Did you post yes, that link? Yes, I posted on Facebook, uh, on our Catholic Drive Time Facebook uh, live stream, on, on GRN Online, um, and Station of the Cross, and YouTube. So, similarly, there's another uh, science article here. This one is by technologyreview.com. Scientists plan to drop the 14-day embryo rule, a key limit on stem cell research. Now, they're basically, you know, having the conception take place in a Petri dish between sperm and egg. And now they have an embryo. And they grow it for 14 days to do what? Experiments or whatever. And 14 days has been a limit. Now, Adrian, why has that been a limit? Right. So the limit here is unreasonable in itself because it fundamentally misunderstands what a human embryo is that it is a human life from the moment of conception but from a materialistic point of view uh, yes it is a reasonable day because at 14 days that's whenever according to this article uh, by technology review uh, says that the arms and legs the appendages start to have be distinct from one another and therefore at that point they cut it off and say nope no more letting it grow we have to destroy it so they're killing it uh, but they're not letting it grow past that age now they're expanding past this 14-day limit why are they standing past this 14-day limit because it opens up so many doors to scientific breakthroughs allegedly and they um, and the reason why is because now they're more grown you can do more experiments on them they can you can start harvesting organs if you get them old enough you can uh use them for experiments that we would normally do on humans and of course now we have uh, products that say not animal tested because you know we don't want to test on animals but right. human embryos are fine exactly um, so that's kind of the uh, thought process behind the 14-day limit it's it's mad it seems like bioethics is becoming the major moral issue of our time which is why it concerns me that for my concerning headline here the Vatican has announced their fifth international conference uh, called Exploring the Mind, Body, and Soul, Unite to Prevent and Unite to Cure. Now, this is a, a medical conference which features 114 speakers, and the lineup here, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty shocked when I saw the lineup. Uh, 
very i think there's there's two clergy among the 114 speakers and a majority majority of the speakers here are uh anti-catholic in various ways um there are mormon elders pro-abortion advocates population control advocates new age advocates ad activists sorry uh muslim scholars and um cindy crawford for some reason (laughs) speaking at a health conference um yeah, I'm not. I'm looking at the more I read about this conference, the more it concerns me because it says here they're trying to open dialogue and uh, may have an interdisciplinary approach to health issues. But we, like, error has no rights. We know this in the Catholic Church. And so we can't give any room or space or platform to anti life culture of death speakers. This shouldn't be a thing that is being supported and promoted by the Vatican. Like, I'm really concerned about this conference. And and there, if you see their cover photo here for the pr- the promotion for the conference is like the um, Michelangelo's, you know, the creation of Adam, the yeah. two fingers, mm-hmm. but they're wearing medical gloves. Wow. And so uh, someone on Deacon Nick Donnelly on Twitter was saying this is a sort of neo-messianism where it projects um, man as his own creator. It's It's a sort of idolatry that's portrayed in the in the even in the promotional image so i don't understand why it's so complicated right like okay we we want to have we want to have some uh conversation dialogue we want to you know t- uh, showcase the you know trends or, or technologies or whatever in the medical field fine okay great that's noble that's good but why do we have to intentionally go to this to the speakers, the sources, the people that are so outside the bounds of what we think is reasonable as Catholic believers? Like, why must we go there? I don't. It just. It doesn't seem like it should be that complicated. Okay, we're Catholic. We believe this, this, and that about the dignity of the human person, especially in the in the realm of medical and science. So let's go find those professionals, those serious professionals with credibility in their fields, but also aren't uh, outside the bounds of what we believe as Catholics. It's not rocket science. I'm all about dialogue, like authentic dialogue, but this is not dialogue. This is giving anti-Catholic speakers a platform with no, like if this was a debate and we were debating their ideas, that would be completely different. But this is just giving them a platform to, to speak their anti-Catholic ideas. It's not just a platform, though. It's credibility. Yeah. They're doing it from the Vatican. It's, it's more than just a platform. It's an endorsement. It's, yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it'd be like, it's also bad to give them a platform. That's also bad. But the fact that they're being invited to the Vatican summit and the Vatican to the Vatican, it, it sounds as if I know people are going to argue that like, you know, technically speaking, they're not being endorsed or technically speaking, but from public perception, they're being endorsed by the Vatican. And that's, that's the fact. That's what it is. I know people will be upset and say, no, no, I mean, technically the Pope didn't endorse them. They're not getting approval. It's not doctrinal, yada, yada, yada. But my perception, and I'm sure the perception of most people will be, you see these people at the Vatican speaking these things in a official capacity, and it feels like that's an endorsement from the Vatican. Yeah, it does. And I think that's part of the intention, too. So it is, there's so much that's concerning. I saw, I, I kind of chuckled, you know, I saw this article over on LifeSite News. Uh, apparently, John Henry Weston, whom we've had on the program, we should get him back. We've had him on the program. He interviewed Patrick Coffin after we did, and he too got struck 
by YouTube <laughs> because so welcome to the team right welcome to the team now John Henry Weston has been doing this a while so it's like anyway we had Patrick Coffin on was it last week yeah that uh, was last week wow was, it felt like longer I know <laughs> every day feels like an eternity anymore so we had John Henry we had Patrick Coffin on last week we talked about why YouTube canceled him and we got struck by YouTube we got the heavy hand of punishment from YouTube on, I think it was Friday afternoon or something like that, when we finally got the uh, the notices that they'd struck both of our channels. Well, they warned one and struck the other. And um, because we had uh, Patrick Coffin on, well, John Henry just did the same thing, and he too got uh, the heavy hand of YouTube punishment for doing so. So it's like, what's up with uh, Patrick Coffin? <laughs> YouTube is out to get him so His much. persona non grata. <laughs> exactly. His name has been struck <laughs> from the record, I guess. Uh, I see also, talk about suspensions and, and censorship. Uh, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas just got uh, uh, hammered by Twitter. Uh, now, he's been putting out these undercover videos on CNN. Uh, basically, CNN people admitting openly that, hey, yeah, of course we manipulate the news in order to, you know, further an agenda. Like, but at the same time, we're all like, duh. I mean, we knew that. Like, that, of course, we all know that that's the case. Uh, but Twitter apparently susp suspended him. And they, they basically claimed that he was running a bunch of false accounts. So he is suing them for defamation. Now that's interesting because these Twitter platforms are Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. They enjoy, uh, protections against lawsuits under uh, the, I think it's Title 230. So defamation, however, is not under that. So it ought to be interesting to see. Now, so far out of all the lawsuits that Project Veritas is engaged in, from my understanding, they never lost any. So. Their chances are pretty good, and they're also suing CNN as well. I hope to get James O'Keefe on the program at some point, uh, praying that happens. But uh, at any rate, lots to pray for, lots to do penance, lots of sacrifices still needed in the church. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean we have our do we sit back on our laurels. Don't go anywhere after this very short break. Breaking news and stories from Emily, plus Dana Chang from the Epic Times is on. Are we going to war in China? We'll find out. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org 
That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, April 16th, and these are your headlines for today. A Catholic parish in Houston held an inauguration ceremony this weekend for a refurbished refurbished statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe that had been vandalized late last year. In December of 2020, the Our Lady of Guadalupe statue was shot with at least six bullets, reported by parishioners. Witnesses of the attack said the perpetrator was wearing a black hat and a red suit. In early February, the statue was repaired and brought back to its home. The ceremony, which was held on April 11th, was attended by parishioners of Queen of Peace Catholic Church, and the statue was adorned with flowers. The attacks follow a string of other vandalism incidents this year. In the wake of bankruptcy filings, the Diocese of Rockville Center in March announced its sale of its $5.2 million pastoral center to help pay creditors. It also announced the closure of three more grammar schools on Long Island, noting additional financial troubles from the coronavirus pandemic. According to Father Eric Fasano, the diocese's vicar general, the move from the pastoral center will save costs. In October of 2020, the diocese announced it would file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy after more than 200 new clergy sex abuse lawsuits being filed against the diocese. Bishop John Bars said the diocese would not be able to carry out its spiritual, charitable, and educational missions if it had to shoulder the increasingly heavy burden of litigation expenses associated with these cases. Amazon delisted a book critical of transgender ideology before apparently relisting it for sale on Wednesday afternoon. Maria Keffler, author of Desist, Detrans, and Detox, Getting Your Child Out of the Gender Cult, told Catholic News Agency that her book is a guidebook for parents who don't want to take an affirmation-only approach to matters of gender identity. Amazon had told the publisher of Keffler's book that it violated guidelines for submitting books with content that is considered offensive. The delisting of Keffler's book came less than two months after Amazon had pulled the book when Harry became Sally, responding to the transgender moment by scholar Ryan T. Anderson. Anderson, who's currently president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, said his book had been listed for sale on Amazon for three years after it was published in 2018. And Anthony Fauci, Chelsea Clinton, and Deepak Chopra are among the featured speakers at a Vatican conference being held in May on the interplay of mind, body, and soul in healthcare. The Vatican announced the conference organized by the Pontifical Council for Culture and the Cura Foundation April 15th. Exploring the mind, body, and soul, how innovation and novel delivery systems improve human health will take place virtually from May 6th to the 8th. It will feature the CEOs of large pharmaceutical companies, including Moderna and Pfizer, along with celebrities active in medical philanthropy, global health advocates, policymakers, physicians, and religious leaders. A statement sent out by the Holy See Press Office said that the conference organizers will also promote a roundtable on bridging science and faith that will explore relationship of religion and spirituality to health and well-being. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. I want to thank uh, realestateforlife.org for generously underwriting a part of our program today. They're very kind to help support Catholic Drive Time, and uh, we're just grateful to them. Their website is realestateforlife.org, so connecting buyers and sellers of houses 
uh, to pro-life. It's a pro-life experience. It's a, it's supporting pro-life organizations like ours. Their website is realestateforlife.org. Joining us right now by phone and uh, returning to the show is Dana Chang. She is a senior editor at the Epic Times and, uh, and vice president. Good morning to you, Ms. Chang. Good morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and, uh, and I'm very grateful for you being back on our program. Uh, Dana, there, there is a lot of really uh, interesting news coming out about China more and more every single day. The posturing in the South China Sea seems to be at a real tipping point. A record number of Chinese warplanes entering Taiwan airspace and missiles being fired off the coast. I mean, it... Are we going to be going to war over Taiwan in the South China Sea soon? Well, um, it's possible. Uh, it's possible. Actually, to take over Taiwan uh, has been the dream of uh, Chinese Communist Party over last, I would say, 70 years. They never stopped planning to take over Taiwan. And the reason they have not done so is because they are afraid of um, America. They feel that um, if America, um, you know, align with Taiwan, and of course America will, um, China has not got enough strength to to do that, to achieve the goal. But right now, um, CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, thinks that it has an equal strength uh, United States, and now they think that these four years of Biden administration is a good time window, and they think America is at a very weak spot. They want to take advantage of this time window to take over Taiwan. My understanding is the preferred method of uh, these Xi Jinping or the CCP is to use politics, uh, bullying, buying up people's debts and then sort of enslaving them that way or just infiltrating their media, their politicians, infiltrating their educational institutions, trying all these other tactics and strategies to accomplish their goal. But will we see troops on the ground in Taiwan, I think is the real question. Um. Well, I, I think they have planned more modern, like, like, um, military strategy. In the past few decades, they have stolen a lot of technology from America military. So they have built up, you know, um, the technology, especially like, um, digital and, uh, China is a big manufacturing center of crown um so so i think it will be um not the traditional sense um but they're going to uh, have their airplane circling taiwan and tighter and tighter closer and closer until at some point taiwan is forced to pull the trigger and then they will have all the reason to crush down Taiwan. They think that America is not going to really get involved and put full force over there. That's what they think. Especially after 
the meeting of China delegates and American delegates in Alaska. Um, that meeting not long ago, a few weeks ago, was a test, like how far CCP can push. And they lectured America in front of the whole world. They lectured America. Wow. Um, they think they think um, America cannot push back. So that's a test. Right now, they are also testing America. It's not about Taiwan. Taiwan, they can easily crush. Mm, they are testing America, like how far America is going to tolerate it. And is America going to really get involved? This is not about Taiwan. This is the war at the spot between U.S. and China, really. Because China, right, CCP want to rule the whole world. They want to take over America as the number one in the world. And so if we lose Taiwan, the whole free world will not have the military strength or military um, advantage over the communist regime. This is not between country to country. This is between the free world and communist regime. Wow. I'm, it's just, uh, it's, it's heavy. It's actually heavy. Dana Cheng is our guest. She is the senior editor at the Epic Times. And we're talking about uh, communist China's push on the world platform. And it's getting very heavy, very near the brink of war, it feels like, especially there in the South China Sea. But, uh, Dana, you mentioned uh, around the world. If, if this should go to military arms, do you see this as uh, the next uh, World War III? Will the entire world be engulfed in a military conflict if things should kick off Dana Cheng? Um, that's very hard to say. That's, that's very hard to say. It, we are in a very different environment, and they are nuclear in different countries. Uh, it's very hard to predict. I, would, I want to turn to Hong Kong here, but we're going to be go up against a short break here in a moment. We're going to be going to a break. Uh, I noticed that I want to talk about the Epic Times in Hong Kong being attacked. There's also a uh, Hong Kong court hands down hefty sentence to pro-democracy activist drawing international criticisms. I want to talk about the freedom movement in Hong Kong and the tight grip of the CCP that's tightening there, as well as I would like to talk to you about some of the updates on um, the situation over uh, the persecution of Uyghurs, Falun Gong, and Christians and others in communist China. It just seems like there's every single day there is so much news coming out of China. I mean, just, it's overwhelming. That's true. Uh, so, all right, we're, that music means we're going to take a pause. Dana Chang is our guest. She's the senior editor at the Epic Times. And we're talking about China. Are we on the brink of war and insanity? Well, it sometimes feels that way. But more coming up right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. Jesus lived on this earth for 30-some years, but isn't it interesting that we know only about a few of them? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. We know nothing about most of Jesus' life. We can imagine that he lived such a good and ordinary life that it did not attract attention. 
Yet this average, everyday fidelity was the preparation for that mission we know from the Gospels. We don't know what God will have in store for us to do in the future. Life according to St. Benedict's rule tells us that the best way for us to prepare for it is by being faithful in the ordinary demands of our life, day after day. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. Only by fidelity in the seemingly small things we are expected to accomplish each day can we ever be prepared for whatever difficult sacrifices might eventually be asked of us. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Dana Cheng is our guest. She is the senior editor of the Epic Times. And uh, we're talking about China. You know, we were before the break, we we're talking about the, the buildup in the South China Sea. It's just getting very insane down there. And uh, but let's turn to Hong Kong in this segment. Uh, just this week, Dana, the Epic Times printing press in Hong Kong was attacked yet again. Can you can you tell us what happened? Yes. Um, on Monday, four intruders broke into the printing press of Hong Kong Epoch Times using sledgehammers. Uh, they smashed the computers and printing machinery, and um, they, they smashed the computer, the, the um, control panel, so Apple uh, Time uh, has been forced to suspend the printing. But this morning, you know, um, our team put all the effort to repair, and this morning uh, we we resumed. So we printed the newspaper, and this is an important day. Um, they are only there are many media in Hong Kong, but only two newspaper that will not follow the communist propaganda directives, uh, which is Apple Times and the Apple Daily. And today it was announced that the boss of the Apple Daily is sentenced to 18 months. Wow. So it's the Apple Daily and the Apple Times they are trying to, um, to suppress. So the freedom movement... Uh, in, this is, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth time the Apple Time printing press was attacked. Wow. Um, in 2019, November 19, while um, doing the mass pro-democracy protest, Apple Time has reported, like, truthfully, about what people uh, had been asking and what was really going on, contrary to what Hong Kong government and uh, and the CCP was talking about. So we were hugely popular. Then four men broke into the printing facility and set a file. 
And thankfully, you know, our staff put out the fire in time, so we could continue to print. Wow, it's it's rather insane operating conditions there, Miss Chang. You know, to to be in an environment where you're feeling the pressure more and more every day. For the boss of one of those outlets to be arrested and then now sentenced to 18 months in prison. How are your employees doing there? I mean, it must take great courage to continue operating in that environment. Right. Um, well, um, our staff have been followed. And um, in last month, one of the popular hosts um, got a message from her relative in China. And uh, national security staff visited her relative and asked them to pass the message say uh, she should uh, she should stop hosting the program otherwise she will be arrested so this kind of a threat uh, comes every day um we were popular um hong kong people supported so much mm. so we were very popular we were like uh in the chain store um, across the Hong Kong of more than 500 stores. Um, but under the pressure, the chain store um, broke the contract and uh, we have to pull out of those chain stores. So that's the environment we, we have been operating. But people really look forward to reading our paper. They feel we are the hope for Hong Kong. As long as we are there, there are still, you know, hope for Hong Kong. So we we, we are not going to back down. Uh, let's talk about the freedom movement in Hong Kong in general. Uh, it seems like it's getting more and more desperate for those that want freedom and desire freedom in Hong Kong. Hong Kong it was supposed to be a separate system for China um, outside of mainland China, and yet it looks like that that timeline has been moved up, and they're trying to incorporate it into the fold. Um, what is the movement like today, those fighting for democracy and freedom in Hong Kong? Mm, Hong Kong people have never changed. They really um, oppose CCP. Actually, one... Hong Kong was handed over to China. It was agreed that the Hong Kong people would rule Hong Kong. For 50 years, the system would not change, but um, it's only halfway. Hmm. Uh, and it's only halfway, only 25 years. So um, now um, the Communist Party and said it's patrons rule Hong Kong. Pa- so-called patrons means that the whole Beijing people rule Hong Kong. So now there's no uh, election and uh, legislators can be disqualified anytime. Um, there's no freedom of press. I mean, we still continue to operate under the pressure, but overwhelmingly is the Chinese company taking over all the major like business and uh, just from every direction, and there's uh, less and less 
freedom. So many Hong Kong people want to leave Hong Kong. And for those who stay there, they support those uh, democratic activists. That's great. And Dana, I wanted to ask you about, because last time we spoke to you, we were still early into the Biden administration, I think. So uh, from your perspective, Dana, have you? what are the differences that you have seen between the Trump administration and the Biden administration's attitudes towards China, towards Hong Kong? Um, Trump made a major shift. Before Trump, the focus of America was in Middle East. So when, when Trump took the office, he educated the whole country, actually uh, the whole world, that the biggest threat is from China. And uh, he's right. The biggest threat is from the communist regime, communist China. So the Middle East situation or the North Korea situation have been manipulated by CCP, Chinese Communist Party, to distract America. So China got a few decades to develop without any check. Um, so Trump made a major shift, and he had been very like open and vocal about it. Um, that educated uh, the whole world. If this happened a few years later, you will be like irreversible. And so China was like very, in some way, they respect Trump. Many Chinese people respect Trump. They think, okay, he has guts and he defend America. Um, and but of course, CCP uh, was very like they hate Trump, right? They they really hate Trump. They really want to see him leave the office. So when Biden got on, actually in many aspects, he continued the Trump policy of China. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, the open, uh, openly stated policies in some area, uh, we will compete with China. In some area, we will cooperate with China. But you can't do that. It's not possible to do that. So China see Trump uh, like um, Biden administration is a time window they can exploit. And that's why they get very aggressive in Taiwan. They think America is at a weak point. Dana Cheng is our guest. She's a senior editor of the Epic Times. We have just about uh, a minute and a half, two minutes left with our uh, with our guest in this hour. And it's um, it's incredible news. Uh, to have to sit and sort through. There's just so much of it that comes out through China. Uyghurs and uh, persecution of Falun Gong and persecution of Christians. And it seems so oppressive. I mean, here in America, I know that they're trying to, the FCC chairman is trying to stop uh, the use of CCP-manufactured uh, communications gear because it's known to spy on us, and it's all over America's infrastructure. So it seems like their tentacles are knee-deep. Now, last question. We have about a minute left with you, Dana. Um, I've heard that Chinese citizens in America still have to be very careful because the CCP can even uh, intimidate and even harm them here in America. Are, is there any truth to that? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, they have a huge network um, that monitor Chinese even after they left China. 
and they know there are a lot of spies here. So, and for example, uh, you know, they would visit my, my father. My father passed away, but years ago, they would visit my father and give him pressure and ask him uh, to pass a message to me, uh, you know, I should stop doing what I've been doing, like reporting, working for Epoch Times. And this is a typical, I'm not alone. This is a typical. So many Chinese, even though they come here for the students, they cannot say what they want to say. It's not like they are in a free free country. They know they are monitored. They want to show that they support uh, the Communist Party so that their family members will not get into trouble. They still have opportunities to go back, and they still have opportunities to do business. Wow. So they are monitored. These are about the Chinese people here, but even the Westerners, they monitor if you say something like not friendly to communist regime in China, they won't give you, you know, right. they, they won't give you a visa. They, well, they I have to cut to you punish. off there, Miss Chang. I'm so sorry I have to cut you off because we got to go. But uh, Dana Chang, senior editor of the Epic Times, thank you for your time today. Thank you for being on with us and sharing this information. Thank you. Have a great day. God bless you. God love you. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Hopefully you can join us in hour number two. A ton of Catholic Drive Time is still to come for those that can. You can find links on how to do that at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If not, we'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary, we honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. 
After all, if Jesus is the king, then Mary is truly the queen mother of heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. You have made it. It is Friday. Give yourself a high five. I mean, it's worth it. Praise be to God. Hopefully your weekend is going to go really well. I'm excited for my weekend because my second grandson is going to be baptized and made a Christian. So I'm super pumped about that. Praise be to God. St. Edwin, pray and intercede for us. Uh, But what's on your agenda this weekend, Emily? This weekend, I am visiting a friend's house. And then I have a lot of studying to do because it's final season for me. Yeah, I bet you're looking forward to the day where you don't have to study anymore, huh? I cannot wait. Yeah, no more study. Hashtag no more studies. Ever. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, no more, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Forgot to hit my uh, mic button. Yeah, it's Friday. Uh, this weekend uh, is going to be fun. I'm going to Draggyland at A&M, but not to actually attend Draggyland, but to protest (laughs) outside of Draggyland. So that's going to be great. And then uh, on Saturday, I think me and some friends might go to the shooting range. So Hey, that's fun. fun. I love shooting, too. That's a a good time. Um, We just finished a great conversation with Dana Chang. She is the senior editor of the Epic Times to talk about China. The war posturing, the insanity that comes out of China. Uh, really good interview. We're going to post that interview later today over on our YouTube channel, The Catholic Drive Times. Check that out. Also on Rumble and on Facebook. And maybe, just maybe on Monday, on Frank. I don't know. They're going to launch this new social media site that's sort of like a mix between Twitter and YouTube called Frank. And... Uh, We'll see what happens. Maybe we can get signed up over there, and uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll let you know. We'll let you know how that goes. All right. Oh, we have a great hour lined up this hour. Today's the day, right, Emily? Today's the day we pull the name out of the hat, or I should say the coffee cup of divine providence. That's right. Today, somebody is going to take away the Our Lady of Guadalupe banner designed by Courtney Sen uh, from her shop, Studio Sen. So somebody's going to win that. It could be you. You just have to be the first caller when we tell you to call, or you could. Like I've been telling you, this is a pro-level tip here for the insiders. You know, you can go to our website. You can find the phone number. You can also find the rules of the game. They're all posted there. And if you want to sit on hold, well, be my guest. You're welcome to it. The first caller gets to be the call. 
And uh, again, their website is grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Scroll down. You'll find it, I promise. All right, let's pray for your intentions. Whatever is on your heart, whatever is uh, challenging you, uh, we're definitely going to be praying for your intentions. We're praying for our own intentions here on the Catholic Drive Time team. Um, I think it's it's Friday. I think in the after show today, in the second half of this hour, Emily, we're going to have to break the news to them. So we'll, we'll talk about that in the after show, but we're praying for that as well. So let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us by whispering these intentions into the ear of her divine child, our Lord and Savior Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines, the good news with Emily Ancres. The remains of Servant of God, Father Emil Capon, Army Chaplain and Hero of the Korean War, will return to Kansas after his body was identified last month in Hawaii, 70 years after his death. The family had accepted an offer from the Diocese of Wichita to temporarily have Father's remains placed in a crypt at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Capon's sainthood cause is open. Father Capon was a chaplain during the Second World War and became known for his service in the Korean War with the U.S. Army's 8th Cavalry Regiment. After he was taken prisoner, he served and ministered to other soldiers in a prison camp where he died on May 23, 1951, at age 35. Capon was born and raised in Pilsen, a tiny rural community about an hour north of Wichita. A relic of Blessed Carlo Acutis will be displayed for veneration on April 18th at a school in Córdoba, Argentina, marking the start of a tour of schools in the country with the goal of making the, the Cyber Apostle of the Eucharist better known. The first class relic will be enthroned at the 11 a.m. Mass at the Villa Eucharistic School, which is part of the FASTA Educational Network. Local clergy, FASTA members, and other Catholic schools, movements, and parishes will participate in the veneration of the relic, which will be broadcast live on FASTA's YouTube channel. The relics of Acutis tour Buenos Aires along with the International Exhibition of Eucharistic Miracles. The exhibition, which consists of 136 Eucharistic miracles from around the world, was the result of three years of research, compilation, and design done by Blessed Acutis himself. Born in 1991, Carlo Acutis is the first millennial to be beatified by the Catholic Church. And Pope Francis on Thursday encouraged Brazil's bishops to be united to each other and to their faith in the risen Christ, who will help them get through the COVID-19 situation in their country. In a video message, Francis said, quote, Our faith in the risen Christ shows us that we can get through this tragic moment. Our hope gives us courage to get up. Charity urges us to cry with those who cry and to give a hand, especially to those most in need, so that they smile again. Pope Francis also emphasized that the proclamation of the victory of the Lord Jesus over death and sin still resonates among us. The Easter announcement is an announcement that renews hope in our hearts. We cannot give up. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. 
Praise be to God in all things. Saint Drogo, pray for us. Born in 1105, he was born to a, Flem- a Flemish family of nobility. His mother, though, died giving birth to him, a fact that seemed to really emotionally crush him after he learned of it at age 10. He imagined himself responsible for her death. Later in life, he practiced extreme penances, possibly to expiate this guilt, but he was orphaned at age 18, and he became um, a man that gave himself over to great penances and even a penitential pilgrim making uh, trips to Rome. In fact, many, many trips to Rome. And then he became a shepherd for six years in France, and he was revered for his holiness. In fact, there were reports that he would bilocate. Some witnesses would say they saw him at Holy Mass and out in the fields working at the same time. But one time on a pilgrimage, he was afflicted with some bodily affliction that I don't really know the details, but apparently was significant. And then he became a hermit for 40 years, surviving only on water and the Holy Eucharist. He is apparently the patron saint of ugly people. At least that's what Adrian Fonseca tells me. Uh, saint Drogo died in 1186 in France. Saint Drogo, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him there. And because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of the Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said to this, he said this to test him, because he knew, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place, so the men reclined, about five thousand in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them, and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain, alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, the prophet. Did you catch that? The prophet. Do you know where that's a reference to? It is a reference to Moses who said to the people in the book of Deuteronomy that a prophet among you will come greater. A greater prophet. What could a greater prophet do? Well, if Moses helped to uh, bring about the miracle that brought bread come down from heaven, that God brought bread come down from heaven, then the greater prophet would be the one to make the bread come down from heaven, 
right? And that is a reference here, the prophet. Now, to make him king, that's also very interesting. Why would they want to make him king? Well, we all have heard the stories of, like, Caesars passing out bread in the Colosseum, you know, sort of buying the, uh, buying the people by manipulating their emotions, by manipulating their bellies, by giving them bread. He wins their loyalty. That may be true, but it's also a reference to King David when he was made king over all of Israel and they swore the covenant oath, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He had a, a sort of a covenant liturgical meal with the people. So there's a lot of Old Testament references here brought to their fulfillment. But Adrian, what did you find? Yes, the uh, there's so much here as usual. Uh, I feel like I'm always constantly saying that. But the one thing I wanted to focus on which is uh, not quite what is here in the scripture, but I want to bring it up because this passage is not read in, um, at the Mass. And so I think the, uh, you might hear the rest of this gospel over the course of the next two weeks, uh, this chapter of the gospel, but this verse is omitted. And I wanted to read it. Verse 70 of chapter 6 says, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Uh, now, what is happening here? Cornelius Lapide points out that this is the reference to Judas. Why is it that Judas is referenced here as uh, one of you is a devil? According to our Lord, he looks at the 12 and says, one of you is a devil. Who is he talking about? It's Judas. Why? Because this passage that we read today is setting up for the rest of this chapter. So I highly recommend go home, read all of John chapter six. It's a long, pa- it's a long uh, chapter, verse one through 70, and focus in on this idea of the bread. So our Lord here shows us that he has the power to multiply loaves and fishes, to create ex nihilo, which is to say to create out of nothing, to create something out of nothing. That's something, a general principle we know in science is that you cannot get to have a create anything out of nothing. It's not possible, but God can do that because he's God. He can create out of nothing. So he multiplies the loaves and fishes. He takes five loaves of fishes and is able to feed 5,000. Now, this actually happens in the in our time as well. St. Dominic and St. Francis both uh, multiplied loaves and fishes as well uh, during their time. They were starving because they were mendicants and they were begging for food and didn't have enough. And they prayed. And in Holy Father Francis's uh, situation, he actually had uh, 20 angels that came appearing as nobles come in, bringing the bread and food for the friars. So that's pretty amazing. And uh, and then I, I'll just leave that there. But our Lord then, later on in this passage, talks about the bread of life that came down from heaven. That is himself. He said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood if you have no life within you. And then many left them. John 6, verse 66 says, and many left him. And he turns to his disciples, will you leave as well? Now, I'm not going to go into that because we'll talk about this when this comes up. But Judas here this is whenever he rejects our Lord explicitly. He hears the word of God. He hears the bread come down from heaven and he rejects it. He rejects the Holy Eucharist and that is why he is a devil. And that is the, the first time that he betrays our Lord. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, that is going to do it for our reflection on the gospel today. Uh, are, we, are we still posting those? Because I think sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. It just depends on what's going on. But um, at any rate, what's coming next is the Catholic Trivia Game Show, Fear and Trembling. And today is the last chance to get in on this week's prize. Studio Sen, S-E-N-N, StudioSen.com is our generous prize underwriter this week. We're going to pull a name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence today and announce that live on air. You could get in on that 
at 877-757-9424. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please keep this between us. Don't share this with anybody. But uh, we like to do a few things here on the program. They are Catholic trivia questions, but we like to teach a little bit about the faith. So you always tend to learn something you probably did not know before. We like to laugh in the process, have a good laugh, and then, of course, give out prizes. So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. But here's the catch if you're just joining us and you're like, what in the world? Okay, Catholic Trivia Game Show. We have Catholic Trivia Questions. We have callers that call in to be a part of the program, but we don't ask the caller the question. So the caller doesn't even need to know the answers to these. It's a 50-50 shot. Instead, I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And that is how the game is played, because every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. 
This week's prize sponsor, and it's the last day of her sponsorship, is StudioSen.com. That's Studio S-E-N-N.com. You can find their Catholic shop on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And Courtney Sen, the creator of the shop, is an artist and an author, as well as a wife and Catholic wife and mother. And she creates just all sorts of beautiful artwork. Her books are just beautiful. Um, your kids will love her children's book. I just ordered it for my siblings. But this week, she's giving away... An Our Lady of Guadalupe canvas banner. It's so beautiful. The design is so elegant, and it will look great in our prize winner's home. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, thank you to everybody who tried to call in today. Uh, there were several calls that came through. God love you. If you don't make it on the show today, try again on Monday. New week, new opportunity, and new sponsor. So uh, let's go to the phones. Let's see. Cynthia, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Cynthia. Thank you for calling in our program. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. We've got a lot of San Antonio players this week. Very grateful. Now, where do you go to church, Cynthia? St. Rose of Lima. St. Rose of Lima. Uh, have you listened to the game before? Are you familiar with how it's played? Yes, I, yes, I am. All right, so you know then. You know, right out of the gate, truth and advertising, Emily and Adrian can be tricky. They could throw you a curveball. You got to be careful. Yes, but, it's a chance to win more humility. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Cynthia. But you know, I'm on your side, right? I'm totally out yeah. for you. I've got you, your interest at heart. It is, and now it is time to play. We're going to go with Emily first, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Emily, can you name for me at least, or just this three, name me three of the nine sacramentals most used by Catholics? I only want three of the nine available most used sacramentals by the Catholic Church. Mm, I'm going to go with... I can probably think of mm. statues, like holy oil, and incense. So statues, holy oil, and incense is your, is I your th- answer. I think those are pretty commonly used. Okay. Those are sacramentals? I think so. Okay. Okay. Let's see what uh, Mr. Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you give me three... Just three of the nine total sacramentals most used by the Catholics. Mm, let's see. I'm going to go with holy water, mm-hmm. the rosary, oh, okay. and crucifixes. Holy water, rosary, and crucifixes. Sounds legit. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for holy water, rosaries, and crucifixes. Emily is on the hook for statues. Did you say, what did you say again, Emily? Statues, oil. Holy oil. Oil and incense. And incense. So, Emily, statue, oil, and incense. Adrian, holy water, rosaries, and crucifixes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cynthia, what say you? Oh, well, um. I, I guess I'm going to go with Emily. Are, are you sure? Oh, I'm no. so sorry, Cynthia. Oh, my God. That was, that was a hard one. It was hard. That, that was really tricky. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was. It's, it it's was. pretty tricky because they're all sacramentals. Well, sort of. Okay, so here's the nine that are listed in the question. Holy water, candles, ashes, palms, images, 
crucifixes, medals, rosaries, and scapulars. So Emily was right, at least two-thirds of them. I went for more of like a yeah. Greek Orthodox vibe. You were going far <laughs> west, or east, east. rather. She was going totally east. And Adrian, uh, he picked the, the, the easy ones, the, the rosary, holy water, crucifix. Those are solid every time. But at any rate... Yeah. God bless you, Cynthia. That's it. Only one down. You got two more to go, and I, I think they get easier from here, so don't fret. Plenty of games still to be played. Let's go with Adrian this time. Adrian, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do this. Adrian, what are angels? What are angels? Um, let's see. Angels are, a, are created spirits without a body. So we're created spirits with a body. Angels are created spirits without a body. All right, pretty straightforward. Emily, can you tell me what are angels? Angels are dead people that have gone to heaven. Okay, that's your answer? Yes. All right. Emily is on the hook for people who die and go to heaven are angels. And Adrian is on the hook for angels are created spirits but without bodies. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Adrian or Emily, but Cynthia, you get to choose. Adrian. Survey says, well done. There we go. (laughs) Way to make up. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Cynthia. You were not fooled by that one. Praise be to God. Yeah. No, not I know. It's kind of one of those things we think of our loved ones that pass on as angels, but that's just not the case, is it? Uh, No. Adrian, you're you're a Thomist expert. Thomist expert. To- Thomistic expert. I highly recommend listening to Dave Palmer's show, Back to the Father. He did a show a few weeks ago all about angels. But yes, angels, uh, when we die, we do not become angels because angels are a entirely different species than us. Um, and we are humans. And so when we go to heaven, we will remain humans, though not completed humans. We're lacking our bodies. And uh, that's why at the second coming, we'll be reunited with our bodies. Good, good point. All right, praise be to God. You're in the coffee cup there, uh, Cynthia. Congratulations, but you get one more chance. And uh, again, I think this is going to be a fairly easy one. Just have to see how it goes. Emily, we start back with you. Emily, can you tell me, does the church require that a baptismal name be that of a saint? So when a person, like a child, for instance, like my grandson tomorrow, praise be to God, is going to be baptized... Does the church require that they take the name of a saint? Uh, seeing as there's no Saint Emily, I'm going to go with no. I think it just has to be a Christian saint. <laughs> All right, so no, it only needs to be a Christian name is your answer. A Christian name, that's right, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, does the church require that a baptismal name be that of a saint? Um... Let's see. I'm going to go I'm going to go with no and it, it can be any name you want. Like I can name my kid after uh, a, a pagan god. I can name my son Zeus for instance. I think that'd be fine. You think that'd be fine? I think that'd be fine. Zeus is okay in your book. It's okay in my book. Okay. Or, or at least be a, a Northumbrian person, you know. A North, as long Northumbrian. As long as they're, as long as they're from Northumbria. Um, a Slavic god, you know. Slavic. Okay. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for it doesn't matter. Name him whatever you want. Emily is on the hook for at least has to be Christian. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Cynthia, what say you? Emily. Survey says. 
Bingo. No, I think we need the duh button for that one. Duh. (laughs) Congratulations, Cynthia. Uh, You did it. Two times in the coffee cup of divine providence. How do you feel? Oh, I feel great. Thank you, guys. Yeah, praise be to God. Um, a lot of fun playing, and we're very grateful for you. But, I, you know, it's always awkward for Friday and the guests because they have to stay on the air when we pull the name out, and it might not be theirs. So the Lord, in his divine will and providence, is either going to award you with a beautiful uh, banner by studiosend.com and or the Lord is going to reward you with a great opportunity of humiliation by not being the winner out of the cup today. So either way, Cynthia, you are a winner today. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Praise be to God. <laughs> All right. So right now, right now, what's happening is Miss Emily has got a name in her hand. What do you got there, Emily? The name I have is Cameron. Cameron! Wow. Congratulations, Cameron. Wow. wow. Well, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> Congratulations, I'm Cameron. Upset. Cynthia, I'm sorry, but... Uh, it wasn't the Lord's will for you today, but you did play. We had a lot of fun. Yes, it's a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. God love you, thank Cynthia. You. Have a great day, and thank you for being on with us. You, you, you as well. God All right. bless you. Have a great weekend. Praise be to God. That is going to do it. Cameron, congratulations. We'll be in touch to get you connected to your prize. But next week on Monday, we start a new week, a new prize, new opportunity. So that phone number is listed on the website. You should check it out and become uh, sort of an early call. That's always a great way if you really want to get in. But otherwise, we tell you when to call. Uh, we're going to go off the air because the Holy Mass will broadcast next on the Guadalupe Radio Network. If you're going to go to Mass, please. Keep us in your intentions. We'd be very grateful to you. But we're going to have the after show, and I've got some news to share. Good news, bad news. You'll have to wait. If you want to be in on the after show to find out what that is, you're going to have to join us via one of our live video streams on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, all of which are linked up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you are joining us in the after show, make sure to comment. Let us know where you're from, especially if you're a first-time commenter, because we always like to lavish extra love on first-time commenters. But at any rate, have a great weekend. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show where we uh, get a little bit more casual in our conversation about whatever is on your mind, dear listener. You drive the after show. Your comments drive us. So make sure you're commenting. Praise be to God. Um, love to see Lori. Uh, Lori on Facebook is getting into the hashtag game now. Uh, Christopher hashtag Chance. Is, so, so wrong. Hashtag Christopher Chance is losing his edge uh, because now Lori's in on it. Emily, so, so wrong. That's what she's saying. She also said that Dave Palmer's show was great. <laughs> what is going on here? Love the Thomist. Love I, him. Man, I had the roughest time uh, 
reading the Gospels today. Like, I guess it's because I got no sleep last night because I was hanging out with Dominicans. You're going to be a Thomas. <laughs> Is that like a song? I, I actually, uh, you said, you said got, that was such a tune. Like, <laughs> you're going to be a Thomas. You, wait, you have it? Someday. Ha- have you not heard the Thomas song? Oh, what? We need, we need Thomas. What? There's we, a Thomas song. We need Thomas the musical. That's what Thomas we need. The musical. <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, um, but it's only going to be chant. <laughs> That's much better. I like Emily's idea. No, we much need better. Broadway style music, but in Latin. Uh, I, I feel like that might might that might be sacrilegious. I'm not sure. You know, the first Latin musical was written by St. Hildegard of Bingen in the 11th century. Really? What? Yeah. Mind blown. That's pretty dope. That's crazy. Based. Red pill. All right. Uh, so here's what we do in the after show. It does get squirrely, especially it's a Friday. I've gotten very little sleep, so it could be very squirrely today. A lot of inside jokes usually happen. Uh, but here's the deal. You get to drive the conversation wherever you would like to go. Please do comment and let us know, especially if... If you are a first-time commenter, we like to lavish lots of love on first-time commenters. Like, for instance, Chris Peck. I'm pretty sure on YouTube, Chris Peck is a first-time commenter. Chris Uh, Peck. Yeah, he says, America's not going to war with China. Look at the business of manufacturing or massage spas in every city that are in bed with each other. (laughs) Where's the lie, Chris? I, I mean, I don't think I disagree with you. That was part of what Miss Dana Chang was trying to say, is with all the military posturing their preferred method is still to to infiltrate countries through these other means, and we are so intertwined uh, on so many levels. That's like I was saying about the uh, FCC commissioner who was trying to lead the way in getting out of all of the Chinese products in our communications infrastructure. Uh, in fact, he was saying, I was listening to him, that they have these uh, communications devices on poles out in cornfields in the Midwest, and you think, what's the big deal? The problem is they are very near some uh, you know, mil- sensitive military bases, and those devices are known to be spying on all of that stuff and sending information back to CCP. Our government knows that. This FCC commissioner m- admitted it, and he is trying to uh, raise the funds and the, the resources necessary to get rid of all of that infrastructure, and, and it's an uphill battle. That's just one example of countless many. Um, and Danny Chang was saying they don't need to invade Taiwan. They've got plenty of other means to do this stuff all over the world. And all that, but Chris, we got to get the sound. You got to get the sound. <laughs> there we go. That, that is what we were uh, building up. Uh, the hallelujah about. Chris joining us, not about uh, the communist takeover of America. Wow. Was that a Mediatrix reference, Adrian? Hashtag rabbit hole? <laughs> Mediatrix reference? I love the hashtag did rabbit I, hole, though. Did I make a uh, Mediatrix reference? <laughs> we have never seen a rabbit hole we didn't like. Oh, a Matrix reference. Oh, is it a Matrix? Oh, see, I haven't slept. I don't have my glasses on. It says Matrix, not Mediatrix. My, my bad. Matrix is a great rabbit hole, actually, because the writers of the uh, matrix are have came out recently as transgender and they are uh, yeah. saying that they are now a women and so uh, they're actually changed this is like okay this is like mind blowing to me the amount of like they just like go back in history and erase history like the soviets did it's really crazy they went back and they changed all of their movies to say they were written by women that's insane and i was like what didn't they do that in 1984 exactly 
Exactly. Wow. It's so scary. Bizarre, yeah. Prophecy coming forward and being unveiled before us. All right, let's recognize some folks that are here today. So let's see. I'm, I'm trying to scroll back to the top of some of these comments. Lori, of course. Lori, Josh, good morning to you. Praise be to God, Josh. Thanks for being on. Uh, Gloria, praise be to God. Thank you for being here. Amy Bridwell, I, I think, I, Amy, I, it's been a long time since we've talked. I'm glad to see you here, but I think you're a first-time commenter. I don't know that Amy Bridwell's ever commented before. She likes to hang out with our, our friend, uh, Monsignor Golosensky, incredible priest. Um, she needs the first-time commenter. Thank you, Amy, for being a first-time commenter today. We're very grateful to you. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see. Jesus Robles, of course. He's got a ton of funny comments in there. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. I had to play Jesus the Jesus Robles theme song. You're financially uh, contracted to play that, or I'm just curious? I'm not allowed to say talk about that on okay. uh, mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joaquin, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thank you for being here. Luz, it's good to see you here. Thank you for hanging out with us again this morning. Um, let's see who else. I'm. Uh, oh, look at this. Uh, I don't, how do you say this name? I'm gonna have. I'm gonna copy it and then I'm gonna let Miss Emily say it because she's got the uh, the proper uh, enunciation. How I, do you s- I don't think that's Spanish, but it's Lucretia. Lucretia. Okay. Well, you still did it better than I would. <laughs> Lucretia. Good or morning. Lucretia, something like that. Yeah, Lucretia. Feel uh, free to correct us. Yes, please do. <laughs> Uh, getting people's names right is like people deserve to have their names said right, and I always butcher them. It is very uh, embarrassing. L- Lucrecia, good morning to you. Thank you for being on with us. I, I'm pretty sure that's a first time commenter, too. Uh, no, she's commented before. Oh, my bad. Well, we're still grateful you're here, though. Don't get me wrong. Praise, praise be to God. All right, let's see. Who else? Uh, Pat, Patty, it's good to see you back. Good morning to you, Patty Sundstrom. She was commenting the other day. Praise be to God. Uh, trying to like her comment there. Let's see. Who else? Who else do you see? I see Don Paddock is on. Good morning, Don. Good to see you, of course, as always. Joaquin. Jesus is payola. That's an old school radio term, brother Jesus Robles. Payola. Back in the day. Back in the day. Old school radio. My generation of radio, which is dying, unfortunately. Meaning because you're all old or... Oh, it'll happen to you someday. Okay. Mm, it will come for you. But not today. <laughs> you can run. You can run. I'll be martyred away before I go. However, grow. it's coming. It hunts you down. There's nowhere to hide. At any rate, back in the day, radio DJs would get uh, incentivized to play certain music. The uh, distributors of music would come to the stations and lavish some love to the DJs in hopes that they will play their artists' music more often. And that we called payola. So, and it's kind of an unethical practice. So, um, but there was a lot of cool payola going around. I'm just saying. <laughs> is, is he referring to this? Jesus is a friend of mine. Uh, I, think, I think that's what he's referring to. No? Maybe. Praise be to God. Over on the YouTube side, I know Christopher Chance, of course, on Facebook. We haven't finished Facebook side. Josh Patterson is here. Uh, Christopher Chance is here. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see who else. Roxanne. Roxanne, good morning to you. In fact, um, I want to also thank Roxanne for sharing our video on Facebook, as well as Glenn and Chris Velasquez. Good morning. Thank you guys for sharing our video. And the others who tried to share our videos, we're very grateful. That means a lot to us. Praise be to God for all those that do it. 
Uh, I can't see who shares on YouTube, so I'm not able to say. But Patty, Bruce and uh, and Bree, Bree, on as yeah, well. yeah. Praise God. All right, who's on uh, YouTube side? Uh, so many people. Eric, hi, Eric. Monica, Susanna, Susanna. Yes, Valentine or Valentine. Um, and Valentine, she called this morning as well. I saw her name pop up. I thought Valentine. As, was a man. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> that's awkward. Uh, Sorry, Valentine. Alaric <laughs> commented. At least I didn't do it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Monica. Angelo. Angelo. Susanna. You said Susanna already. Yes. Uh, Praise be to God. All I right. think I got everybody. What is what is Father Time? Father Time it means it's coming for you. You can you can't run from it. You can do not take advantage or don't take for granted rather. That you are young. Enjoy your youth, but make maximum benefit out of it. Because when you are older, you realize that youth is wasted on the young. The youth is wasted on the young. Who waste their youth. Interesting. At any rate. Um, all right. So we good news, bad news. Uh-oh. I guess we're going to start with good news. It's Pope Benedict's birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> Papa Benedict. Uh, I pray it's just uh, one of many more to come. God's will be done for your, you and your life. Uh, all right, so bad news. Bad news. Well, not so good news. I mean, it's, it depends on how you look at it, I suppose. But Emily is not going to be on the program for much longer. Emily, you're headed back home. Tell us about it. That's right. So I've been in Houston for the past few years uh, studying college, and now that I'm going to be graduating, I'm going to be going back to my hometown, Chicago. So my last day here will be May 14th. May 14th. Wow. It's kind of a big thing. Praise be to God for your for graduating and for what's coming in your life. But uh, it's a big loss for us, and we're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you guys, too. It has been really fun. I mean, getting to be part of Catholic Drive Time from the very beginning um, has been so fun. And just uh, being a part of this team, getting to know all of you, getting to know all of the partners we work with, our guests, our listeners, our uh, sponsors, has been really beautiful. So I'm grateful for that. What are you going to miss most, do you think? From CDT? Yeah, why not? Uh, definitely the people. This part interacting with our listeners, hearing back from them, getting those emails, like from Kathy, for example, um, where she, you know, just hearing your progress, your story, getting to know you, that has been the most impactful part for me. Because, you know, if it weren't for you guys, it would just be the three of us sitting here in a dark room <laughs> talking to each other. Early in the morning. You guys make this real, the listeners. So, mm-hmm. And what, what will be the thing you won't miss at all? Getting up at 3 a.m. for sure. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a. It's a. Uh, it's a big deal, isn't it? Getting also, being 23 and going to bed at 6 p.m. every day. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, oh my goodness. I am gonna like look back when I'm like 45 years old and be like, I was going to bed at 6 p.m. when I was in my 20s. <laughs> like, what am I? <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to miss you, Emily. Uh, Emily and I have been friends for years, um, since I guess like, I don't know, sophomore, junior year of college. And, um, so it'll be, it'll be, it's, I'm sad to see you go back to Chicago, but, um, I'll have to come up and uh, visit you. I, I love your family. I love your siblings. They're so great. Yeah. Oh, they would love to have you. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be hard because I, he, I have made Houston my home. I love Houston. Houston has been really good to me. I love Texas too. I, I did get enculturated into Texas just a little bit, but I'm going back to be a Yankee. 
Going, going back, back to, to be, be a, a Yankee. Yankee. I've never heard of anybody wanting to do Chicago that. Chicago is the Midwest. It's I mean, it's not really Yankee territory. It is for us. <laughs> it is. Yeah, exactly. I get that that vibe from Texans. I call everybody north of Texas. Or, okay, okay. Everyone north of Oklahoma a Yankee. So I, I would consider them Yankees. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Um, that's, that's a, but it's a rabbit hole. I'm going to avoid because that, that I almost wanted to go down that hole. Um, well, we're going to miss you big. It, it's been an interesting ride to, to get Catholic drive time up and running from nothing to something. And it's, and I'm really have been enjoying the direction in which it's been going. I really, I think I uh, have enjoyed most the audience like you seeing the audience grow, interacting with the audience, getting to know the audience has been a lot of fun. And, um, so not having you on the team is going to change a lot of things. Um, I'm looking for someone uh, to hopefully consider joining the team. Uh, I don't know who that someone is. We're praying for God's will to make that uh, clear to us. But can we just describe how difficult it is to find the right someone? I mean, you're talking about somebody who's faithful to the Catholic faith, uh, courageous to speak truth in even though they could face, you know, uh, the cancel culture, uh, but still has we have to talk about these things from a Catholic perspective, even when they're not popular or fun. And then, of course, get up early <laughs> at three a.m. I mean, that is that is incredibly difficult. And we are, a, you know, we're a nonprofit Catholic organization, five hundred one c three. So it's not like we can afford, you know, CNN salaries or, or anything else. So. It is an incredibly challenging thing to find the right uh, candidate who has that passion, that zeal, and can get up early, and can be here, and can you know learn how to read news, and all of that. It's a, it's a it's and can a correct my Spanish. Your Spanish, my Spanish is better than your Spanish, brother, and, uh, that, and that's saying something because my Spanish ouch. is pretty terrible. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm really offended right now. I I want my um in my grievous check. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'm calling HR. Eric Rodriguez says, Emily heading back to Chirac. <laughs> Chirac. That's hilarious. I've never heard that one before. Oh, Emily, stay in Chirac. Texas. Chicago is now behind the Iron Curtain. <laughs> it's, it's missionary territory for sure. For, <laughs> for sure. sure is. It for sure is. Uh, uh, Josh said, everyone above the Mason-Dixon line is a Yankee. <laughs> Simple as. <laughs> Leticia, there we go. Leticia, good morning to you. Leticia Ramirez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thank you for being on our program today we're very grateful to you yeah so the news is emily is leaving the show her last day is may 14th and i am trying to pray and discern who and how we will move forward as a team looking for uh potential candidates to join our program to fill in but big shoes to fill and it's it's super hard so we don't we're not 100 sure how it's all going to go down but we'll definitely keep you posted now uh let's see eric I saw a message that said, you signed up for our CDT email list, but you haven't been getting emails. I sent one out yesterday at noon. Check your spam folder, my brother. If you don't see it, email me, and I will check on your, uh, y'all check your personal email address in our system to see what's the deal there. But I, you might want to go into your spam folder to see if we got caught there. Being on our email list is a great way to stay in touch, by the way. Um, I, I'm trying to send out like one, sometimes two emails to that particular list uh, a week to kind of give you a heads up on some things or what's going on, but also to like send special content out to just our CDT list, 
yesterday I sent a, a link to an audio talk that I gave um, called The Radical Choice. It's th- one of three talks I gave was a parish mission I gave a couple years ago up in Kansas uh, on The Radical Choice, Facing Eternity. And so yesterday was the talk number one for that. And I'll, I'll give out the next three talks, uh, the other two talks for the whole series as well through the email list. And we also send you the actual video clips of all the interviews we've done for the week because we really want you to be an evangelist for us by sharing those videos. That's super helpful to us is sharing those videos. Leticia says, oh, no, Emily, you will be missed. You've done a great job. Congratulations on your graduation. Thank you. I know we've got a lot of listeners commenting right now. Thank you all. It's been so good to get to know you all. Um, it just makes my day to, to see you getting up as early as we do to come and join us and talk about, you know, all the topics that we address. So thank you all for showing up every day. Yeah, praise be to God. Don, Don says, Emily, we'll miss you. Look forward to seeing you check in on Facebook from time to time. Be safe and good luck. Is that a new commenter? That was Don. No, that's Don. Oh, Don, Don oh hi, Don. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Lou says, congrats to Emily. I felt as is you are all part of my family. I always listen to you all. This has literally become one of my favorite shows. Aw, thanks, Lou. I I really appreciate Lou's comments. She always, like, lists me up. Well, she lists all of us up, but it makes my day reading her comments all the time. She's always talking about singing our praises, and it's it's really comforting to know that uh, we're doing something good and that people are enjoying it. Yeah, amen. Wow, you got a fan club there, Emily. Uh, well, maybe. Well, you, do you think uh, new media will be in your future? Do you think you'll be doing anything like uh, videos or podcasts or anything like that? Her YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, maybe I will have more time now to work on my YouTube channel, my vlogs. Um, there just really isn't a whole lot of uh, traditional Catholic young women on. There's there's a lot of Catholic mom vloggers, but there's mm. not people my age who are out there in the in the Catholic media world. Um, so yeah, hopefully I will continue to work on that. Yeah, true story. It really is. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of young ladies in that category for sure. I mean, I'm sure there are, but they're they tend to be very quiet and you know not very public. So uh, it'll be a good opportunity. Now, what is your YouTube channel, Emily? That you can find it, Emily Alcaraz, A L C A R A Z. And I've I'll got, link it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll link it on the on the social media pages there. You can also find me. I just go by my name, Emily Alcaraz, on all social media. So and I have links on all my pages. Wow. Praise be to God. Um, All right. Well, that's the news. Keep us in your prayers. I've been asking for special intention for uh, for for the show all week long. Now, I, you know, I I put out a little post on some Facebook groups uh, on our page, I think. No, some groups here locally, Um, because that's the trick, too, is we want someone locally who can come into the studio and be in the room with us. It just makes the dynamic interaction that much better than it is if you're trying to interact with people via, uh, you know, Zoom or something like that. So it is a very difficult challenge uh, to replace someone like an Emily, and they, that's why it's been such a grace to have her on the team. But, of course, we are going to be praying for her future and for whatever God has in store for her Back in Chicago. I mean, we do need to send missionaries to there, right? <clears throat> we can't just abandon the place, can we? I mean... Or is that an option? They need help. <laughs> um, I mean... You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything, but, you know, <laughs> giving people up to their sin is something that God does. You know, I'm not... You know, okay. I'm going to leave that there. I see where you're going with this. Okay. 
So we could be, oh no, I'm not going to go there. All right, let's drop that before <laughs> I get myself into a lot of trouble. I was out late last night with the Vietnamese Dominican sisters at uh, their gala at their uh, <laughs> at the convent. And uh, it was a wonderful night. Praise be to God. We had a lot of fun. But, man, at does 3 o'clock come early? <laughs> and I'm so tired right now. So my brain is hanging on by a thread. What else? Uh, Dana Chang was a great interview. She's always great. <clears throat> I love Dana so much. And... Um, I I just love hearing her perspective because you can really hear she's so close to the situation in China. It's I mean, for us, it's like it seems so far away, like China is so far from us. We don't really have that issue. Um, and so I think because we're removed, you will every now and then I see people like on Facebook and social media who will say stuff like, oh, China's economy is so great or China really gets stuff done because they don't put, uh, you know, human rights in the way of their productivity. <laughs> exactly. Americans will say dumb stuff like that. And to hear it from someone who's so close like Dana, uh, it makes it very real. Like, no, this is these are real people who are suffering. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Josh said radio would be cool, but 3 a.m. isn't. <laughs> 3 <a. M>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one of the struggles is the struggle is real, is brother. getting people to get up uh, super early, bright bright-eyed and bushy-tailed now you know why why would you do it then i i understand like people like josh or the two of you you youngin people youngin <clears throat> unlike old people like me and jesus robles and eric and the and the gang um why would you still get up early to do radio when you can wake up at the crack of noon and uh move the pizza box off your video game console <laughs> Uh, I'm just teasing. I'm just throwing the digs. I'm just throwing the digs. No, I'm why 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 get up early? Well, the answer is because uh, we we still have two. We have a foot in the Catholic radio world and the terrestrial Catholic radio world, where tower sites and transmitters are transmitting radio waves to cars, and we have one foot in the digital new new brave world. And the reality is, and I've been saying this since 2013, when I first started with the Guadalupe Radio Network, starting the station in Houston. And then I moved up since. Um, we're on that transition phase. The problem with the transition phase, <clears throat> as we move from this older technology to newer technology, is the newer technology, a brave new digital world, means the tech oligarchs have complete control over the winners and losers, over who gets access and who doesn't. You know, Frank uh, is about to launch next, I think, on Monday. We'll see. But good luck getting Frank to have an app on your phone because guess who controls the access to your phone? Apple, Google, right? Um, good luck getting Frank to show up in search results on Google. <clears throat> so the even the like Gab, Parler, even those, like they have some, you know, success, but they're not going to have the deep overarching uh, capability to reach the Billion plus souls that Facebook, YouTube, those kinds of platforms do have access to. I used to spend my own hard-earned money on advertising on Facebook for the pur purpose of evangelization. Not to make anything, but to just to reach people, to pay Facebook to give me access to a bigger audience so that we can plant the seeds of the good, the true, and the beautiful in their hearts. And it is uh, because it's the most advanced advertising platform in the history of the world. And it, it knows everything about you. So does Google. So, so does YouTube. And if we lose access to those things, we find ways around them. But you're also losing access to a large number of human persons that desperately need to hear the truth. Someone needs to say the truth to them. So that's, that's difficult. So in a brave new digital world, there are downsides, serious downsides, where analog Catholic radio waves 
don't suffer from those things. So it is a beautiful thing to still have access to Catholic radio stations all across our country. And right now we're broadcasting, well, not at this moment, but our show in the first hour broadcasts over 50 radio stations, Massachusetts, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Alabama, and Florida, touching into Georgia. We have Texas and Oklahoma and New Mexico and Kansas <clears throat> and growing. Um so to have a foot in both worlds means we have to get up early. It means we have to put one foot in the radio world, and which means you got to get up early, and then one foot in the digital world, which means we take our content and we, we do things like this, the after show, where we interact with you digitally. We take our, our content, we slice it up into smaller segments, and we republish it across platforms to reach those audiences. And our podcast is ubiquitously available everywhere as well. <clears throat> My throat is uh, all the allergies are going crazy here. Uh, one one thing uh, off topic a little bit. I just wanted to before we end the show in about three minutes, four minutes. Um, the just want to give a shout out to my buddy Josh and Harsha because we're uh, starting to we're going to go and we're going to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, and the reason why I'm telling you is it's because it's not purely a spiritual thing. We we did it because Wednesdays and Fridays are traditional days of abstinence um, because of uh, our Lord shed his blood on Friday. And so you uh, don't eat meat on Fridays. Uh, Wednesdays, I'm not actually sure why Wednesdays are a traditional day of abstinence, but it, it, it was. And so we decided uh, we, the three of us need to uh, get back in shape. And so we're going to start um, fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, and it'll be a good spiritual growth and good health growth. So uh, there we go between uh, me, Josh, and Harsha. I wanted to uh, hold ourselves accountable publicly. So there we go. Yeah, praise be to God. You know, um, Josh brings up a good point. He says, um, conservatives who for decades have proclaimed government bad, business good, find that the FCC is now their best friend and that big business is the enemy. You know, it's fascinating because I the FCC could be, it's a double-edged sword in many ways. And um, but the last FCC chairman who just resigned not that long ago was an Obama uh, appointee, and he tried really hard, vigorously to to save the AM radio band, which Rush Limbaugh saved single handedly, uh, building an entire uh, entire industry on conservative talk radio. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh saved the AM band by himself. Now, but the last uh, FCC chair. He also put forward initiatives that would revitalize the AM band. Uh, our own radio apostle took advantage of that, of some of his initiatives. And I listened to an interview after he resigned talking about the need to keep radio in place to serve Americans in the coming years. Uh, the difficulties, though, are, are numerous. Most people don't know it, but the AM radio antenna has been cut off externally from most new cars so most new cars have no external am antenna the only am antenna they have is a little wire inside the dashboard where the most interference occurs so they do not receive am uh, signals that well the only ones they can hear well are the strongest in the area and they tend to be sort of emergency management strength level stations what they call clear channel stations which means they they judge every am station by that standard and they think oh i can never hear catholic radio because the signal is so bad well it's mostly because you don't have an am antenna on your car on the outside of your car so but you can stream we, our app 
for instance, you can stream us live. You can also uh, get the podcast of our show right over our app. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network in your iOS and Android. But the FCC right now, it sounds like the FCC is more on our side than not. But that could change. It could change fast. And who knows? Our job is to do what we can for as long as we are able, and we leave everything else up to God. So uh, part of my job for the GRN is to help prepare for the next 20 years. So this show was a part of that plan. Revamping our mobile app was a part of that plan. Our our website is a part of that plan. And there's a lot more plans still to be rolled out. And um, so interesting days ahead. A lot still to do. Bruce says social media ought to be considered a as public accommodation and shouldn't be censored or discriminate users. Justice Clarence Thomas agrees, I believe, no matter the church underground has never been silenced. Yeah, amen. And I think that's an interesting point. If the TFP were in the room, what would they say? Print, print pamphlets and pass them out. Go door to door. That's what my pastor said not long, long ago. And that may, might be the place we have to go to. We may in the future have to just simply print materials and distribute them ourselves. Praise be to God. If that is his will, then that will be our mission. God bless you all. Thank you all for hanging out today on the show, uh, especially for uh, letting us share with you the news about Emily. She'll be here until the 14th. Pray that we... uh, More coffee, Joe. Amen. I I need more coffee for sure. Pray that we find an incredible replacement to join our team. Either way, we'll be praying for you this weekend. Have a great lineup next week. I'm very excited. So uh, Catholic Drive Time is going to be on the deck next week for some big topics. Stick around 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Tell a friend. And God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us.